Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside Physician Recruiting. My guest today is Marjorie Alexander, the Managing Director of Clinical Recruitment and Candidate Experience at ChenMed. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Absolutely. So um, we've been trying to get this scheduled for a while. Been excited to have you on. You've got a lot of experience in the industry, a lot of you know, varied types of places. So definitely want to get into all of that and, and you know, tap into your experience. But tell us, I guess, going back to the beginning, how did you first get your start in this world of physician recruiting? You know, Jerry, nobody actually grows up and thinks I'm going to go to college to become a physician recruiter. Uh, we all kind of fall into it in different ways. So I actually stumbled upon it. I was working uh, at a hospital system, Lake Health in Cleveland, Ohio, and my job was something completely different, but I had some spare time. And at one point, a a family medicine physician left and I was concerned about the patients. I said, well, who's going to take care of these patients? They said, well, we'll we'll get a third party search firm and, and they'll find us a new physician. And I thought, well, how much how much does that cost? How does that work? And they told me how much it costs. I said, well, I, I have some time. I would like to try it. Uh, you know, famous last words. Right. <laughs> just be quiet. Just be quiet and do my job. But I decided to give it a try. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I had my first hire. Uh, physician stayed for a very long time. And then I said, I want to do another one. So cardiology, pulmonology, nephrology, et cetera, et cetera. And that's basically how it started. Nice. Now, I, you know, looking through your work experience. Again, you've been with DaVita. I think the thing that I'm most interested in is you worked for a hospital in Dubai. How did That's that right. How did that come about? <laughs> well, uh, I'm part of uh, the National Physician Recruitment Organization, AAPPR, and uh, I was a, uh, asked to be a speaker. And I believe it was in Minnesota at the time, a good few years ago. And in, I, I spoke about uh, applying lean principles to physician recruitment. That was the topic. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of process improvement and, and lean six sigma and stuff like that. Uh, and in the audience, I thought the audience consisted only of physician recruiters. But at the end, somebody came up to me and said, uh, wow, that was really great. Would like to speak more. Uh, I didn't know who this was when I got back to my desk in Cleveland. There was an email from the HR director of American Hospital Dubai and said the CEO was in the audience, was impressed. They would like to talk to you. Uh, I had become a uh, empty nester like two weeks before that, (laughs) thinking uh, I was single at the time, thinking, what am I going to do here? This is um, I have an accent, so I'm not from America. I know no other family here. So I thought, you know what? Why not? Let me let me do something adventurous and um, an interview. So after quite a few interviews, uh, it, everything went well, and I was excited, and, and I went there. So it was a great experience. I was able to uh, set up the first in-house physician recruitment department in the Middle East, which is a big feather in my cap, so to speak. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a great assignment. Uh, I was not there very long. Uh, I was able to uh, to set everything up and, and get the hospital system organized uh, you know, redo their medical staff department and um, rearrange their uh, compensation agreements for all the physicians. We were recruiting uh, for physicians all over the world to come to Dubai um, and was successful there. And, and it was time to, to go back home. It was a great experience. 
just out of curiosity, because obviously it's a you know pretty expensive place, how does the compensation for physicians there compare to here? Because I know most of the world, they're paid a lot less just because of the you know social programs they have. But how does it compare in Dubai? It's actually pretty similar. I uh, when I before I went there, I assumed the pay would be much higher, but it's actually pretty similar. Uh, one of the advantages of uh, for physicians going to the Middle East in general is uh, they are given housing, which is you know a yeah. great benefit. They're given how uh, you know given a, a furnished apartment or a furnished home or villa, as they call it. Uh, with room for a maid and things like that. It's a little different than what we're used to here yeah. in America, so it's quite luxurious. Uh, but I think that uh, those types of opportunities for physicians are great, to be honest. Uh, if, if somebody wants to do something different and get some international experience and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, experience a different culture, uh, I think it's a great opportunity. I, I enjoyed it very much there. Yeah. Yeah, I worked for Vista for a few years, and we had at yeah. Locums International. We did a lot with that. And just, you know, totally different experience, but a lot of people really loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so question for you, obviously you've, you've been doing this for a long time, a lot of different types of environments. What do you think has changed the most from, you know, those early days to, you know, when you go to work now, what is the most dramatic difference about the world of physician recruiting? You know, I actually had a conversation about this uh, uh, not too long ago with uh, with another physician recruitment leader. And I mentioned when you think about physician recruitment 23 years ago when I started and now, not that much has changed in when you think of the core of how we do it. We pick up the phone, we send an email. Of course, in the old days, we used to send a fax. <laughs> what <Yeah>. is a fax? <laughs> um, you know, um, so not that much has changed. I think the biggest change, of course, is social media, the Internet, you know, all of those things. And I'm going back way, way back when I started uh, 23, 24 years ago. It was you know, faxing and sending things through the mail. People don't send things through the mail anymore, which might not be a bad idea to do that again because yeah. nobody else is doing it. So, you know, you, you, you try to stand out. We're all fishing in the same pond and we're all trying to reach um, a certain amount of highly qualified physicians or our providers um, and you need to stand out um, so now with social media it's all about you know geofencing and geomarketing and um, you know posting on uh, any kind of social media platform that you can trying to reach uh, as many people as you can and, and uh, hoping that you can find that that really qualified uh, provider that that is the perfect match for your community you mentioned giving a, a talk about Six Sigma and Lean. What are some of those principles that you think maybe more recruiters should incorporate to help them to become maybe more effective in what they're doing? Yeah, um, it's very interesting. It's, it's one of my passions, actually. Um, when you do a Six Sigma event or a Kaizen event uh, on physician recruitment, and for example, you take uh, the scenario of the moment a recruiter gets the green light to start searching for a certain, let's say, a cardiologist until the person signs, um, that that takes a certain amount of time. Let's say let's say it takes nine months, for example. If you uh, apply Six Sigma principles, you look at every step um, and you try to see where can I reduce waste? Is where is there waiting? Where is there duplicate work? Where is there you know anything that's that's a hurdle or or duplication? If you really 
uh, map out the process, you'll be so surprised how many steps are in there that are actually not necessary to get to the end goal. It's just because we've always done it this way, you know, famous right. last words <laughs> to any business <laughs> going downhill. So really looking at, at, at the steps, making sure that what you're doing adds value. If it doesn't add value to getting to your end goal, maybe don't do it. So really trying to look at that. And then you can reduce the time to hire significantly. Uh, I've been able to do this in several organizations and been able to really uh, reduce time to hire. Uh, it doesn't matter for which, for which specialty really, or if it's a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant or a physician specialist, um, you can do this anywhere. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really rewarding because you're really bringing great value to the organization because you get physicians in sooner. Uh, they can start seeing their patients much quicker. Uh, so it's a win for everybody. Oh, absolutely. What would you say are maybe some of the most important character traits or skills for a recruiter? Well, you cannot be afraid of the phone. <laughs> I've actually worked with a recruiter who did everything by email or sending by mail. Just was not comfortable with the phone. So I think I have to mention that that is <laughs> very important. You have to be able to pick up the phone, talk to people, or uh, I have recruited a physician in the parking lot of a, of a Waffle House. For example, <laughs> it's a true story. You have to be comfortable talking to people. You have to have your elevator pitch ready. Uh, when you when you meet somebody, uh, because you know we meet people everywhere, um, you have to have an elevator pitch ready of, of what what it is that you're looking for. Um, but you have to be honest. You have to be transparent. You have to be able to build trust with the provider that you're trying to recruit, because if you inflate how great it is to come to Minnesota, <laughs> sun always shines. <laughs> They're gonna find out when they bring their family to Minnesota, they should move there. And for me, there's nothing worse than bringing in a provider with their entire family and children. And it's not what I, it's not yeah. at all what I, what I said it was going to be. So I think uh, transparency and building trust and just honesty is, is huge. It's, it's big, very big. Yeah, it's not so much selling the opportunity, it's clearly presenting it so they understand everything about it because, you know, what you might think is a negative about a location or an opportunity, it might actually be a plus to them. And when you can clearly lay out everything about it, then if they're self-selecting into it, you're basically going to get people that are a good long-term fit versus, like you said, you know, you've kind of sold them on this opportunity and it wasn't ultimately, you know, what they're happy with. When you look at, I mean, obviously, like you said, the, the core remains the same, right? You're, you're getting in front of a provider, you're having a conversation with them on the phone. As you look at some of the new things coming into the field, new technologies and AI, how do you think some of these tools are going to change potentially the, you know, the, the workflow of a physician recruiter? Yes, it's it's very important topic. Uh, topic subject. <laughs> um, just invented a new word. Um, you know, technology evolves daily. Uh, it's very important for a recruiter to not stand still and to evolve with the technology uh, because you'll get left behind. So, for example, with AI, uh, you know, if, if you have a LinkedIn recruiter sheet as an example, there is a button you can click uh, to use AI to send out your emails. When you reach out to, to providers, use it. Why not? It's there. 
it helps. Um, you know, um, you know, ChatGPT is here to help. If you're trying to send a certain message to to a provider, you can ask ChatGPT to help you. Uh, you know, how how does this come across? You know, I have this email. Uh, can you improve it? You know, things like that. I do that sometimes. I, I try to think for myself. It's very easy to to depend on it too much, but uh, but it's very important. I think that um, you know, data is important. Uh, recruitment and data go hand in hand. We have to know um, what we're dealing with. So, for example, if you're uh, trying to find a you know pediatric neurologist in wherever, you need to know how many are there, and and you have to think very smart about how to reach out to that small pool of candidates that might potentially be interested in your opportunity. Uh, and this is where data and technology uh, all comes into comes into play. Um, you know, technology is also important uh, for retention. You know, if you're working in a healthcare system, um, you know, can this technology help the providers uh, reduce their burnout, improve their work-life balance? Everybody is always advertising work-life balance, but very few companies actually offer it. Um, you know, is there a way for, for these providers to, um, you know, be more remote? Is there a telehealth uh, segment available, things like that. So it's not only can we use technology in recruitment, it's also what happens once the physician is in the uh, in the opportunity, right. how can technology help them there? Uh, burnout is a real thing, as we all know. Uh, turnover is high uh, for physicians. The supply is very small. So um, healthcare costs are rising. So this is just a, a, a volcano, you know, ready to explode. Unless we all embrace technology, we all... Uh, embrace, uh, you know, longevity of providers, making sure they're happy where they are and that we reduce turnover and support them as much as we can. And it all starts, retention starts with recruitment. That's why I'm talking about retention yeah. as well. So somebody new to the industry, you know, a recruiter, a couple months under their belt, what advice would you have for them to, you know, just kind of maybe get the more, um, keep their morale up. You know, obviously it's a, it's a tough job. It is a long cycle. There's a lot of competition. It seems to be getting even more competitive against that. You've got less physicians out there that you're sort of competing with. So for somebody new that, you know, maybe hasn't had any wins yet, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, several points. Um, don't get discouraged. Uh, just because you're talking to a physician and you're getting them in, on an interview doesn't mean they're going to join. Um, you know, you have to have, uh, you have to spin many plates uh, at the same time. My magic number used to be 20. I need to I need to have 20 candidates at all time, at least. Uh, one will fall off, one will be added, maybe two decide to go somewhere else. Always know that you have to build pipeline. You have to have people uh, that you're talking to. Um, a lot of mistakes that, that new physicians, uh, physician recruiters make is, they get a pipeline, they start talking to people, they get so excited, they're busy with making offers, talking to them, talking to their family, and they forget to add new people in the pipeline. So then you have the scenario where recruiters might, they might hire two in January, then nothing in February and March, then maybe two in, in April, as an example. So nobody wants that type of roller coaster, right? No company is happy with that. They would like to have consistency and, and constant activity. So uh, building your pipeline, no matter how many interviews you have, you have to keep building that top of the funnel. And don't get discouraged when you have three declines in a row. Just keep 
keep at it. So people have options, people have choices, and um, you know you need to represent the opportunity as best as you can and just keep at it. Yeah, one thing I've seen a lot of is just sort of being too reactionary, you know, focusing kind of what you talked about with the roller coaster where, you know, you've got a bunch of activity and then as you're seeing it through and working through the process, the, you know, early top of funnel prospecting tends to fall off. I see that a lot with specialties. So you might have 26 specialties you're recruiting for, but maybe there's five or 10 of those with no active jobs. Well, all of a sudden a job pops up in one of those and you haven't really done anything in that specialty in months and you're kind of starting back from scratch. So I always say it's really important every, you know, however you're timing it out, but every specialty should be contacted by you on a consistent basis because you never know when that need is going to come in for a, a GI that, you know, you maybe haven't had in six months or something like that. So true. Um, that's absolutely true. Because when you then get that opening, it might take nine, 10, 12 months before you can find that perfect position for a uh, person for that position. Uh, usually healthcare organizations don't want to wait that long. So you always have to have activity, no matter if you have an, an open job or not. Uh, you know, be part of groups on LinkedIn, uh, know who's coming out of fellowships or residencies uh, and where they are. Uh, it's your business. It's your profession. You know, you have to be a, an expert at it. And then while you have uh, a physician on the hook, so to speak, I know that sounds terrible, but, you know, we're fishing for, for leads. But so once you have a provider on the hook, always be closing ABC yeah. at every single step. Don't get don't ever get surprised at the time when uh, when the offer is made where they give you a reason that they're not joining that you should already have talked about at the very beginning. So, for example, if you're talking to a internal medicine physician about a uh, only geriatric patient job and you make the offer and they say, well, I'm really going to miss taking care of children and young adults as well. You should have known that <laughs> that right. should have been part of the conversation. So never get surprised and always be closing. Yeah. You mentioned obviously being you know, a speaker at one point and involved in AAPPR. What are some of the organizations or trade shows that you, you know, try to stay involved with to sort of keep abreast of what's going on in the industry? Yeah, I do a lot of research. I read up, um, but it's not just physician recruitment. Physician recruitment is, is just one way. Uh, you know, we're, we're matchmakers in a way. We find the perfect position. Uh, the perfect person to match this position. So you're, you're matchmaking. So I love to look at, uh, you know, sales, sales techniques. I like to look at, uh, you know, uh, non-clinical recruitment techniques. I read everything uh, there is to, to read uh, about closing a deal, negotiating, influencing, um, but also um, negotiating and how to work with hiring managers. Um, you know, what is best practice on closing a deal? What is best practice on the interview day? Um, you know, the candidate experience, since I'm also uh, a managing director of candidate experience, that is huge. Uh, as a recruiter, you can do an unbelievable job uh, advertising and, and selling or, or, or you know, um, telling this, this candidate about this position and everything is going great. Then this person comes into the hospital 
uh, and then everything goes wrong. You know, you have snipers everywhere. <laughs> oh, this right. is terrible. You know, we never got a bonus in the last five years or, um, you know, oh, you know, we, we don't have any say with our administration. You have all these people. So you really have to uh, have to make sure that you know who's going to meet this candidate during the day of the interview day and have and prep them. Don't be afraid to prep them. You know, this is your, your job. This is your reputation on the line. So know who they're going to meet with and have conversations with them. And uh, and try to avoid those people that are very negative, that you think are going to be negative to candidates. We've all been there. We've all had it. And you're like, oh, no, why did they just say that? Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, just just uh, just be prepared. But to go back to your original question, because I trailed off a little bit, uh, I apologize. You know, go to uh, any kind of trade show or conference and talk to other recruiters. That's That's your best... Uh, source of information. How do they do it? What do they do? How do they hire or recruit residents? What do they do for their spouse, for the spouses and the families? There's the, the, the trailing family that's very important to recruit as well. It's not just about the, the candidates. They bring in a family. What do they need? So it's very important to build relationships, keep networking, do research as much as you can on all the different subjects, not just physician recruitment, and just stay, stay abreast and, and be a mentor to others as well. Yeah, I think that's all great advice. I think, you know, everybody sort of does their own thing, right? You sort of have your method that works for you. And after you've been doing it for a while, you kind of get stuck in that. So when you can connect with other people and learn, you know, what what approaches are they taking? You know, what angles are they looking at things from? It, it certainly can help. And then, you know, with what you were talking about with kind of having people go out on, on site visits, I think that's where the importance of alignment is. So recruiting has to align with the retention side because you know when you're recruiting you're you're sort of selling the story but for the retention side they know what's going on right they're there they know what the experience is like and the better that experience can be the easier it becomes for you to recruit people to the organization have them stay so um any thoughts around how to get you know sort of the c-suite aligned with recruiting to make sure that you know retention comes from the recruiting and it's not a, a revolving door of you know people in and then two years later they go out yes well first of all i want to say if as a recruiter uh, you go up to a physician or a provider that you have uh, hired let's say three months ago and you go up and you say is the job as advertised you want them to say yes if they say no then you know that you're you did something wrong you should have you know, not said certain things or you should have included certain things. And, you know, to really understand, um, you know, that what you're what you're telling them is how the job is going to be. So the intake is super important. And that's where you need to work with, um, you know, with the, the hiring managers, with, the, um, you know, chief of staff, whatever it needs to be done. But to get the, uh, the C-suite involved, uh, executives love data. That's what they want to see. So as a recruiter, you need to be uh, data savvy and you need to be able to say okay um i you know reached out this is the pool you know there are uh I'm making stuff up here and uh, there are four thousand of, of x specialty uh, i've reached out to two thousand <laughs> uh, i you know i received responses from so many so they, they love data and i'm exaggerating numbers here but they love data and uh, they want to know uh, they don't want to know that you're not successful. We still don't have anybody in the pipeline. They want to understand what you're doing to right. get people in the pipeline. So when you're talking to, to executives, um, you know, tell them 
don't inflate numbers. Tell them exactly what you're doing. Tell them uh, the, supp the supply and demand uh, situation. You can find that online. Everybody can find that. Uh, you know, there's a shortage in primary care, there's a shortage in specialty. Uh, give them those numbers, but also give them expectations. So, um, you know, the expectation is that we should have uh, three people in the pipeline by then and then, um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get them in and we'll, we'll wine and dine them. Um, so it's very important that they, the C-suite understands what needs to be done. Um, they don't necessarily understand physician recruitment always. Some, some do, some don't. Um, you know, what is a competitive offer? If you feel as a recruiter that you're constantly getting shut down because the offer is too low, you need to be able to go to the executive team and say, this is what the competition is doing. We need to step it up. Maybe a signing bonus or a forgivable loan or whatever the, the situation, relocation allowance, um, you know, educational uh, allowance, whatever you need to do. Uh, so that's where you need the support of the executive team to really make a, a competitive offer. Yeah. It has to be fair market. You can't go crazy, of course, because uh, that's not that's not uh, according to the rules. But that's where the executive team needs to support you. I've been hearing a lot lately where it seems like the average physician is doing four to six site visits, which you know seems to be higher than it was, call it ten years ago. Are okay. you seeing that as well? And and how do you think the addition of big, you know, Walmart, CVS, uh, even Best Buy now, with all these major retailers getting in healthcare, how has that been changing things from what you've seen? Yes, yes, it's true. Uh, people have choices. Uh, it's very important to know that when a physician comes to you for a site visit, they probably have three or four other site visits. So it's so important to uh, to think, put yourself in their shoes and really understand the why behind the why. You, you're talking to a physician and you're only, if you think about an iceberg and you see the tip coming out of the water, there's a humongous amount of stuff underneath yeah. the water that you have to understand. Uh, what is the... What is the reason the physician is looking at your area? What what moves them? What motivates them? What does their family need? Um, so that whole candidate experience is so extremely important when your when your candidate comes into your site visit. Uh, I think physicians, um, you know, think about why do you become a physician? Why did you even go into medical school? It's a huge undertaking. Twelve plus years of your life, you're going to be studying the human body and mind. Uh, so when you understand why these people became a physician in the first place, then you can see if this person aligns with the vision of your healthcare organization. Um, so that's how you can set yourself aside because the competition is fierce. Uh, the larger companies are are gobbling up a lot of healthcare organizations. Um, there's a lot of competition and you have to figure out how can I align the yeah. reason why this person became a physician in the first place with what we with what we do as an organization, how can I be that matchmaker? What I think important there is having clarity about your own vision, because if you don't really understand, you know, your culture, your vision, your goal, then you don't know what you're describing, right? I mean, you're, anybody is a fit if you don't know what an ideal fit looks like. So, um, yeah. so last question for you, and this this doesn't have to be about recruiting. It could be a, a book, a movie, anything really. What is something that you would recommend to the audience and why? <laughs> First thing that comes to mind, because I love, uh, I love 
being healthy is uh, the Blue Zone. Uh, there's a Netflix series uh, called The Blue Zones. It talks about the uh, the six areas in uh, in the world where people actually live 100 years and older, oh. and it tells you what these blue zones have in common uh, for a, a healthier, happier, longer life. Uh, I would love everybody to to have a longer, happier, healthier life. So that's that's my recommendation. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm gonna check that out myself. That sounds interesting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been great having you on. I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely, you know, feel you've shared some pretty unique things and some great advice to help people, again, just become more effective at this thing that they love of physician recruiting. So I really appreciate having you on and, um, you know, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, Jerry. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.